Hello everyone, welcome to OPA Podcast episode 37. Today we will be recapping the unfortunate homecoming loss to Bowling Green. Uh, discuss the very ugly points of that game as best we can uh, with some absent hosts today, along with, of course, previewing um, our return to Big Ten play against the Purdue Boilermakers. Um, today, uh, we only have two hosts. Uh, I'm one of them. I'm Jason, and the other is Griffin. Say hi, Griff. Hello, everybody. Again, welcome to our podcast. And um, it is not, it's not going to be a very fun podcast today, everyone. It's going to be a lot of criticism, and there's a lot of pain points to discuss. So just to quickly recap, uh, Griffin and I were not at the game. We try our best to watch uh, uh, during that day. Uh, but unfortunately, the Gophers fell 10 to 14 to Bowling Green. Um, we were favored by 30 and a half to win this game, and they literally just upset us. Like, they, I, to be quite honest, I think they played, they were the better ball, uh, better team on offense. Of course, their uh, their defense was pretty uh, stellar. Special team was aight, um, besides them missing a kick uh, or a field goal. But other than that, Bowling Green showed up to play, and they trounced us, and I think. Did we had to pay him like one point something million for that? that yeah, that, that's the worst part about it. I think we had to pay him one point four million dollars for that ugly, ugly loss. Oh God, where do we start? Um, I'll start off with the pain point. Uh, our offense could not get a rhythm. Uh, Tanner Morgan was only five for 13 passing uh, with 59 yards, no touchdowns with two interceptions. And he had a QBR rating of 5.1. And to make it a little bit more worse, you look at our receiving core, Daniel Jackson only had one reception for 25 yards. Our, our lead a pass, our lead receiver. Next best was our boy, Brevin Span for, you know, I was happy that he was getting some, uh, you know, catches in there, but only two receptions for 23 yards. The Capital um, One Saber card. You are an un- And then uh, behind that, Chris Aubenbell only had one catch for nine yards uh, before leaving the game in the second half with injury. Uh, and then Trey Potts with one reception for two yards. So wide receiver card only totaled that 59 yards, which wasn't great. Um, and I'd say maybe a bright spot. Uh, Trey Potts was our lead rusher. Uh, 27 carries, 141 yards. But then, like, you know, Griff, you and I talked about, like, a name that I was excited about, uh, Bucko Irvin or Marquise Irvin, um, was was reduced to like freaking four carries on eight eight yards. Like you wanna who are who are the two others between Trey? <laughs> oh. Cole Kramer, two carries for twenty two yards, and Tanner Morgan for ten carries on ten yards when he had to scramble out of the pocket. I mean I look at this game as it was essentially Minnesota's rushing attempt. Um, rushing offense versus Bowling Green's passing offense. I mean, you look at the yardage, it's pretty close. You look at the score, it's pretty close. (laughs) Minnesota's passing was ugly. Bowling Green's rushing was ugly. I mean, this 
we should have dominated in literally every single facet of the game, and yet here we are. Um, yeah. The, like, I, I kind of mentioned it last week, and I still kind of believe it to be true, but I don't think they want to put that much on tape for Big Ten teams because this, this was not a normal gopher team. No, it- you, you know they have more talent than this on offense and defense. They were just running some vanilla play calls and hoping that it would get the job done. And then when they knew it probably wasn't going to get the job done, here here they are at the end of the game, not really trying to call anything too crazy and just praying it kind of pulls out a win. Yeah. Um, what makes it worse, too, uh, we lost a turnover differential in this game against them. They had two turnovers, and what, we had three. Um, just to note, um, bowl, uh, the the two turnovers from Bowling Green. First of all, they had a early interception in the first quarter uh, t- uh, t- by Mariano Soria Marin. Um, that was a perfect play set up by the defense. Like Joe Rossi um, has been doing good things with our defense uh, for the last few years. Um, picked him up, and then we recovered a fumble from uh, Bowling Green's Tyrone Broden. Uh, during the game as well, uh, who that was one of the running backs. Oh no, one of the receivers during the game. So our defense did, I'd say, pretty well. Like, uh, again, I'll look at, I'll read the stat sheet here quickly. Here, uh, Mariano Sorry Marin uh, was our lead uh, defensive player stats wise at eight uh, total tackles, five uh, with five solo. Uh, behind that, Jack Gibbons, Niles Pickney, Coney Durr. Jordan Howden, Boye Mafe, Thomas Rush, uh, Trill Carter, Braylon Oliver, Tyler Newbin, Justice Harris, T-Time, Micah Dutreway. Like, Laurent said it on our group chat. The defense did not lose us this game. Like, our defense played a solid game. And that one touchdown was when we re- tried to go for it on fourth down and gave our defense a short field. Um, so... In all technical, I would say our defense only gave up that one touchdown in that third quarter. If if I if I if I had to play that, but unfortunately they gave uh it, we had we lost two touchdowns on that. But our defense played a great game. Like you know, especially like we were rotating guys in. We had fresh bodies. We tried to force their deep uh, offense not to move laterally. So that's why we had they had a poor rushing game, and we forced them to beat us in the pass. And I think that was what how, our defense did pretty well. In special teams, Mark Crawford had a solid game as well, which I think that will sort of make Wyatt happy. Um, around 38.6 yards average, but that was key since we were more towards, you know, the 30, 20, uh, 30 40 yard lines during those possessions. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, Matthew Trickett uh, only had, was only one for two for field goals, uh, one from 50 yards out. Uh, no, uh, 36 yards, my bad, uh, that was made, and then one for one on extra points. Um, so, again, special teams is, did all right, especially that fumble. Oh, my God, I saw that play, and I was, like, pulling my hair out. <laughs> we should have lost. Like, I, I seen that play. I was like, we should we have just lost that game. But, um, no, but overall, my thought is special teams didn't lose this game. Like, they, tried, they, they, they did their best despite missing a field goal and that fumble there. Defense played a solid game. It wasn't their fault that we lost. I think in the end, it was offense that we got stunted. Um, and to quote um, Eli or Soup from last podcast, uh, hashtag fire, Mark, uh, fire Mike Sanford was what he said. 
Um, but yeah, that's all. I, that's all I have to say. It it was an ugly game. Offense did not produce, and in that result, we lost the game, and that's the result. And that ends the twenty-one game. Was it twenty-one or twenty-two? Non-conference streak. I think it's twenty-one or twenty-two. I think it's twenty-one, and <sighs> that hurts because it's the game you have to win. Now Iowa leads that record. It's all right; they won't keep it. <laughs> we, we we'll still have the record. They'll they'll end up losing sometime. They'll go to a bowl game and lose just like normal. Yeah. No, so let's have some discussion points. Uh, how much were you able to see from the game? Either be highlights or during the game. Like, what what did you see that you you did not like? Oh my God. Um, for me, I mean, I mean, I look at Tanner Morgan. I did not like Tanner Morgan. That's not the Tanner Morgan we know. I mean, the Tanner Morgan we know will take. He's cautious, but he'll take some risks. Um, I just really wish I saw more like play-by-play games because all I'm looking at here are some of the highlights. Um, Tanner Morgan just doesn't look confident. And is it is it that we really want the run that bad or is that they just don't trust Tanner Morgan? Like, like which in, in my head, like I could see either one. It's like they just want the run. They just want to beat down the defensive line in the run game or they really just don't think Tanner Morgan has what it takes to run their offense. I don't know. Um, but Mike Sanford was supposed to be our savior. He was supposed to be the one that to come in and give us some creative plays from Utah State University. And we have seen nothing but pretty much bland play calling. Like even like the Jerry Kill, Tracy Clay's era, era you saw some motion. Like it didn't have to be anything fancy, but just something to try and throw the defense off. But everything we have is just predictable. And it's either going to be a handoff to Bucky or a handoff to Potts. Like, there's no end arounds. Like, I don't see a lot of jet sweeps. I don't see a lot of wheel routes. Maybe I just missed them because I didn't get to see the entire part of the game here. But um, no, uh, I watch. defense isn't impressive either. Like, it's not. Yeah. So I watched the entire first half. We were very vanilla. Um, maybe uh, Tanner, because like, so one of the catches was by was to Revan uh, on a uh, screen, like essentially a screen pass. Essentially, Tanner dumped it to Revan because no one was open and made it and got the first down, running down the sideline for a few more yards. But there was none of that. Like I'm, it makes me miss the offense that Kirk Shiraka had in place from 17 to 19. Yes. You know, we're still going to run the ball. Like, you know, that is our mojo for this offense, but it's through the RPOs. You know, I know in 17, we don't want to be reminded these guys, but Connor Rhoda and Demry Croft was able, thanks to the RPOs, get an easy play and throw the ball to uh, a receiver or running back just to at least get some yards or hand the ball off. Like that's how I think our offense meshed. And I think that was perfect for 
a Zach Anikstad or a Tanner Morgan in 18 and of course in 19 when we went 11 and 2. Um, I just missed that. But also what Tan- what Kirk Schrocker also did was those you know those plays that you like, Griff. So like remember um early in the 2019 season we had the Philly Philly <laughs> where Tanner Morgan caught a touchdown or caught the two point conversion uh in the game. Uh, that was like great. Um, the Wildcat, of course, we, like that was a package primarily made for Seth Green, but I sort of missed the Wildcat, you know, getting a big tight end or a running back or receiver to take a direct snap. Um, Seth Green take being the Wildcat rather than running it, throwing the ball a couple times too. And then maybe it's me, but have you seen any of the, the tunnel screens? Because I remember running a one of our first touchdowns to – Chris Oppen Bell during the Penn State game was a tunnel screen that went for like 30 some yards. Like, where was that? Is it just because we had Bateman and Tyler as like good blocking receivers that they were able to make that happen? Like, do they not just want to run that play anymore? Uh, is it just, I've seen them run a couple screens, but they kind of don't turn out to be anything because we don't do, we don't do it enough. And I think it's obvious when they know we're going to do it and yeah. try and run that play. Um, I, Every, I mean, to me, when I look at the stat sheet here, all I can think of is every every set of downs, it was run, run, pass. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. That was pretty much what happened in the first half. And then the only exception was that one drive in the third quarter where Tanner was in most of the time, but then you had Cole Kramer on a couple of snaps where he he was like that energy booster that we needed. And unfortunately we didn't see that for the rest of the game. <laughs> and the energy booster because Cole Kramer will have the defense spread out when it's Tanner Morgan, you have eight people in the box and everything else is man to man. And we still try and run it and we get one or zero yards. Yeah. Uh, Cole Kramer will make the well. They have to have the defense spread out, and then you you saw what he did. He ran for not nineteen yard touchdown. Yeah. Hey, I do want to note this, and you and I talked about this off air. Kirk Sharaka is only an offensive analyst for uh, the uh, West Virginia Mountaineers. So, uh, PJ. If you do decide to fire Mike Sanford, per Soup's advice, your boy, Kirk, Kirky boy, you might want to bring him back. Just saying. <laughs> but now it's, uh, does does he want to come back? Or. Because, because I know Kirk has family out in Pennsylvania, so he might want to stay close. True. Or, what we should have done from the get-go we should have had my, uh, Matt Simon be the OC from the first place because he called a great game against Auburn. Like, I think he's like the Kirk Schrocker 2.0 when I saw him like mid-play calls. I'm like, oh, man. We were keeping you in the in, in, as just a position coach this entire time? And then, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I have to agree with Soup that I don't think Mike Sanford's offense is what we want it to be. And I was reading the Daily Gopher uh, from SB Nation. Uh, a lot of them say, like, of course, court, the quarterbacks suck, like, uh, like regular bloggers on there. But if you look at the authors that makes the articles and blog posts, a lot of them do blame Sanford's offense. 
which you don't which you don't see from like you know the Kirk Schrocker, Matt Simon uh, type. So, uh, I'm if I'm being honest, Griffin, I'm seeing a a, a Rob a Rob Smith situation. Because remember, we had a Mike Sanford joined us for his first season last year, and we all took it as like oh growing pains because it's COVID. We got players out with COVID nineteen or protocol that like you know the offense being vanilla and sometimes in those situations be like ah oh, it's just COVID we'll be fine next season. Now I'm concerned like those same things that we saw from last season I see again this season. And um, I, I just think the players that PJ is recruiting the ones he wants to recruit, um, they're so they're so athletic. Like you want like you have the Dalen Wrights and. Uh, Brady Boyd and Daniel Jackson, all these, all these men that can be great receivers, but they're not getting the targets. They're not getting the reps. Like these, these men are made to catch the, are, are here to catch the football. Like I can appreciate pounding the rock like nine out of 10 days of the week, but you got to give these men their targets, their, their completions, uh, and their reps because I mean, PJ is supposed to develop these men. I don't know if we're ever going to have a Rashad Bateman. Yeah. But emerge from this group of young receivers. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all I have to say. I'm just very bitter uh, how that game ended. I, uh, I'm honestly glad I was not fully watching it, but I also know that, you know, you can't necessarily stay on things for too long. So we should probably just look, uh, <laughs> look forward to Purdue here and see what we have. Yeah. So on to the next game. So the Gophers returned to big 10 play. Uh, we started our home opener and season opener against uh, the Ohio state Buckeyes. Uh, so we'll be going up, Going up against the Purdue Boilermakers, um, they're currently three and one for the season, one and zero in conference play so far. Uh, in their last four games to start the season, they defeated Oregon State thirty to twenty one. They defeated UConn forty nine to zero. They lost to number the, at the t- uh, currently the number twelve ranked uh, Notre Dame Irish Fighting Irish thirteen to twenty seven, and then. Uh, to open Big Ten play, they defeated the uh, Illini uh, thirteen to nine. Um, to look at some quick stats, their lead uh, passer at quarterback is Jack Plummer, uh, who has eight, has eighty two completions out of one hundred eighteen attempts, eight hundred forty yards uh, passing the season. He has a freaking sixty nine point five percent completion. So nice. Um, with a quarterback uh, rating this season, uh, average at one forty eight point nine. Um, I'm not sure if he went down the last game or two, but uh, Aiden O'Connell has played a fair bit. Uh, Thirty two completions of forty eight attempts, uh, three hundred and seventy two yards, uh, having sixty six point seven percent, sixty seven sixty six point seven percent completion percentage. Also has a high QBR at um, one thirty five point seven. And of course, their lead rusher, Dylan Downing, uh, has 33 carries for 131 yards, so four yards uh, per carry average, 
and of course their lead receiver and a Big Ten uh, uh, t- top five receiver is David Bell at 21 receptions on 319 yards uh, and three touchdowns so far this season. Um, and they're bringing back, uh, they're still bringing back a solid defense um, over there too. So, and right now, according to the FPI, uh, their favorite Griff, uh, 70.5% chance to beat us in West Lafayette. And the money line is uh, Gophers plus two and a half uh, with an over under at 47 and a half. So I think one thing that we have to potentially look forward to, but I'd rather play against them. But David Bell is currently questionable to play this Sunday. Um, he entered concussion protocol, I think, about a week ago. Um, so we'll st- I would rather play against him because he is great talent and I want to beat them when Purdue is at their best. Uh, but it would also be nice to not have to guard him because he could absolutely torch our defense. Um, If I remember correctly, in 2019, when the last time the Gophers went to West Lafayette, I believe he did go down, right? That was Rondale, man. That was Rondale. That was Rondale. That was Rondale. Never mind. But then, um, what was it? I think it was a Jack or Aiden O'Connell was in, and then they went down. And the other one finished. I think it was Aiden. No, Jack Plummer. Oh, Jack Plummer went down? Jack Plummer and Rondale Moore both went down in the first half, and Aiden O'Connell and... Uh, David Bell pretty much almost scorched our defense that day uh, to win by a possession. And I honestly don't think Purdue's defense is maybe as good as you might, you may have alluded to Jason. That's really? just my, that's just my opinion. Um, I think this is going to be kind of an unpopular opinion here, but Minnesota, I think is going to be a bad matchup for Purdue. Yes, what happened last week was absolutely horrifying, but I think Purdue, Purdue, three and one, you know, credit to them. Uh, but I think they are still a little bit overrated. Um, I think we, our offensive line can handle their def- defensive line. And I mean, I guess I'm not sure about how much their past defense has improved, but if it's anything like two years ago, uh, the slants were wide open. Crab had his had his share of uh, house calls. Bateman had his share of house calls. We had crossing routes. We could stretch the field uh, at all times. <laughs> we always had some sort of play. Yeah. We we absolutely dominated time of possession. We had a run game that complemented the pass game and vice versa. I mean. Other than the, our defense in the fourth quarter of that game, where they we let them score about 21 points in a span of like eight minutes, I think at least I know Minnesota's offense can handle them, um, and we'll just see what Minnesota team shows up. Yeah, because so so this is some of their uh, total team stats here, Griffin. Uh, so yards allowed by their defense offense. So our defense has allowed 272.8 yards average this season. Uh, currently 195.8 passing and 77 yards rushing. Uh, and if we look at Purdue, they gave up a, three, a total of 301 yards, 176.8 on um, passing and 124.2 uh, um, 
in rushing. So I think I may have alluded to maybe this defense probably uh, as being good. Uh, I, I see your point that, you know, they do have their weaknesses. It's just, I want to see a better team this Saturday go up against another good team. Like I'm thinking this is going to be a close game. Like like in years past Griffin against Purdue, where this is, this, this is going to have to be a slug out. Like we would, like we win by one possession or less kind of game. Cause remember we beat Purdue last year uh, at home during COVID season. Uh, I know some people were still mad about uh, the Purdue fans still mad about that. Uh, no flag being called. Um, LeBron would love to fight you on that call, though. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, hey, we won the game. I'll take it. Uh, as long as we won the game, and then of course the year before that, we won by like seven points too. So I think in the end, both teams are going to duke it out. Uh, and one of the teams that capitalizes on his mistakes and you know is the better coach team overall will win. Um, and I'm hoping. If that doesn't describe Big Ten football, then I don't know what does. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you want to head to predictions then? <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. Because you and I have uh, Purdue as a win on our thing, so we got to honor that. <laughs> I'll go first then. Um, I'm going to take uh, the three-point game. And we are going to win another slugfest, and Matt Trickett has to kick us the game-winning field goal, thirty-one to twenty-eight. So you're saying we have to honor that? Can I give? Which is fine, but I want to give a prediction for balls. Sure thing. Okay. So if I have to honor it, because just like I look at it now, is you know PJ got into the film session on uh, Monday, and or yeah, probably probably Monday, and. Just tore everyone a new one. <laughs> you've you've been to facilities, you know. He, he probably lit a match, and then and then had a fire start under your bosom. <laughs> like you know, this week that you are they are going to be flying out the gates. Um, anyway, let's start with the Purdue win. Um, I'm going to go with. Oh man, I don't know. Let's go twenty-seven seventeen Purdue on that side of the ball. But so, so Purdue wins twenty-seven seventeen. Correct. Okay. And then, just because I like, I'm a, I'm an optimistic Gophers fan. Um, yep. By oh, nature. God. Oh God! Seeing. Trey Potts is going to be an animal, and I think I'm going to have to put, you know, probably 250 rushing yards on the offense, maybe 150 on the receiving end, and let's go Purdue 10 Gophers 38. <laughs> <laughs> You laugh, Jason, but we'll we'll never know what Gopher team shows up. Let's be honest, True. man. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Um, well, Wyatt says we're a win. Nothing from soup. So, yeah. Hopefully, we get the win. And after that, uh, just look ahead to all of our fans. 
uh, we are going to be at a bye week. So um, we're gonna, so just to forewarn our fans before we wrap up the podcast and go into some more takes, uh, no podcast next week uh, since it is going to be a bye. Um, so I'll give myself, Griffin, maybe Laurence, Wyatt, and Soup some extra time off um, and do other things. But uh, Still so, grieving. Still grieving. Yeah. Uh, so no, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, more time to grieve uh, and reflect. But no podcast next week on um, October the 6th, 7th dates coming up. Um, but we will, we will return the week after that. Uh, but from there, we wrapped up our predictions and re- preview against uh, the Purdue or Perdon't Boilermakers. Uh, eat up the choo-choos. Um, any takes, Griff? Any just hot and spicy takes in general? Any hot, spicy takes or anything that you like from college football or uh, NFL football? Yo, did oh, I, I forgot to ask, did Notre Dame beat Wisconsin last week? Oh, yeah, they did. Yes, they did. It was pretty close. Um, Ooh, 41 to 13? Right, but I, the score does not act, accurately reflect how the game was played. It was pretty close if you look at like the quarter by quarter scoring until kind of the end when Notre Dame had a couple takeaways and then just capitalized. Um, Graham Mertz, four right. INTs. <laughs> Correct. And that is, Jason, this is, that was where my uh, spicy take was going to come in, was with Graham Mertz. Um, I don't think next year for sure he's not going to be Wisconsin's starter. Uh, I think they're going to look to move on from him. I mean, he threw his first touchdown pass in that Notre Dame game um, for the first time since, I think, like November of last year. Like, he hadn't thrown a physical touchdown pass for that long. And if you're a five-star college recruit and you're a quarterback and you're going to play at Wisconsin – you need to throw touchdowns just as much as you need to run for touchdowns. And with as athletic as Graham Mertz is, that's not up to Wisconsin standards. So also, wasn't take, he, was he supposed to be like the, like the Lord and savior of the, 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 they're the quarterback that they need, like a Russell Wilson. And they literally benched Jack Cohn. He then transferred to Notre Dame and is producing. And then, and so that is what team. I absolutely love to see is Jack Cohn's. This was this was this was Cohn's revenge game. He's gonna say, you know what, like F you Paul Christ and all that. Like I mean, the dude is big. He can't run like Mertz can, but the dude could throw a ball. Uh and he he's was a, he's a pretty smart guy too. Like he's a like football IQ was really good. Like I know in the past, like you and I, Wyatt and Laurence would like you know, crap about him, but as because he is a Wisconsin quarterback. But overall, like, I, I will say it too. Alex Hornerbrook was also a decent quarterback. Um, they couldn't get over the hump with him, unfortunately. But Hornerbrook and Cone weren't bad <laughs> by any means. I think they were just limited by their offense. Cone Cone was stable. That's that's yeah. what I think Wisconsin needs that quarterback. Wisconsin didn't need a flashy quarterback. Um, but then they thought they got their flashy quarterback, and clearly it's showing that it doesn't matter. Uh, you want to know who else 
is on their quarterback depth chart that could probably take his place. Uh, there's a junior named Chase Wolf, a freshman, uh, Deacon Hill, and then a senior, Danny Vandenboom. Um, Chase Wolf, did he play a little bit last year? I think he did. Because that name sounds real familiar. 2020, correct? Yes. Played in three games, made his season debut versus Illinois on the 23rd, went four for five for 15 yards and a touchdown. Um, Was that the Illinois game that Illinois squeaked out? Yes. The win, like that field goal? I believe so. Um, then he did, uh, when Grant Merch was out, he did play in his plays four for five, 15 yards, and a touchdown against Minnesota on the 19th. Um, then was two passer 14 yards versus Wake Forest in the Duke's Mayo Bowl on the 30th. So he's technically a redshirt junior. 6'1", um, 200 pounds. Grant Mertz is 6'3", 227 pounds. Deacon Hill is 6'3", 248 pounds. And then Danny Vandenboom is 6'5", 207 pounds. Essentially, they're like 6'1 six, like six, six and above height quarterbacks with like 200 plus pounds uh, to each of them. Yeah, they're not. They they need a quarterback they can that can produce. It doesn't matter your height and weight, man. Like yeah. this is Wisconsin football. <laughs> Everyone yeah. was hopping on the merch train, and I'm kind of sitting here thinking, you know what? You guys are still pretty decent with Cone. <laughs> I think you guys are gonna miss him the way you treated him. Nope, and I'm just glad Jack Cone got his revenge game, forty-one to thirteen. I, I'm not going to lie, I was scared because it didn't look like it was going to be that way. Oh, Griffin. Michigan hmm. barely beat Rutgers 20-13. <laughs> yeah, didn't didn't Michigan um, lose a receiver that game too? Something like, like, something like that. Cause this is, so here was like the scoring like for all four quarters, right? Uh, Rutgers 3, Michigan 7, second quarter. Michigan scores 13 points, but then in the second half, Michigan never scored. Um, but Rutgers is only able to get seven and three in the third and fourth quarters, respectively. Hence, that close game of score. And what's funny too, the lead rusher in that entire game was uh, Isaiah Pacheco for Rutgers. Oh, see, and that's that's the same dude we played against when uh, we went out to uh, Piscataway, and you could tell like these these players that Rutgers has. They needed the right coach because they are still good players. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State beat Nebraska twenty-three to twenty. <laughs> that was funny, but, but honestly, credit to Nebraska because you had you have Oklahoma, which they played within one. They had one possession loss. Yep. And then they're playing against a ranked Michigan State, and they're still holding yep. their own. They're still not winning, but they're still holding their own. Yep. Yep. Ah. <sighs> And that's the only bright spot for Husker fans. <laughs> their team is holding their own. Correct. That's, but that's what they have to look forward to. I think that's all I have. Like I'm just, I'm fine. I, I, again, I didn't want to look at anything football related except for the Vikings beating the Seahawks uh, last on uh, Sunday. But um, yeah, looks like a very fun day for uh, seeing the teams that 
our our team hates or our, our podcast team kind of hates <laughs> so it's, it's fun and uh what's not fun is if Lorenz was on this call and we were just shredding him about the bears <laughs> or soup <laughs> oh you know what true forgot yep yep <laughs> half the podcast would be chirping them and them getting uh going on another 10 minute side rant about <laughs> Fire Matt Nagy, but keep pace. You like pace. Oh, now they're going to the Ar- now they're going to Arlington Parks. Like, what is this? Oh, gosh. we have Lance Lance Briggs tweeting about Nagy being Nagy. I was like, oh man, this is just funny to watch. Oh man. Well. Let's end the podcast here, Griffin. Anything else you want to cover? Um, you know, I think we, I think we covered, I think we covered everything. I think I got my spicy take in about merch. I think I'm, I think I'm all set. We can uh, keep it under the time limit, unlike probably last week. <laughs> yeah, we're under forty minutes, which is awesome. So uh, let's end it here. Well, for everyone listening into this episode of Open Podcast today, thank you so much for listening. Um, to you know, the unfortunate loss that we had last week and previewing, I think, is a very fun matchup against Purdue. But uh, we'll be signing off today. And again, we will not see you next week uh, for the first week of October. It is a bye week, and we're going to all go take a break as well as a team. And then we'll see you again the following week. But again, I'm one of your hosts, Jason O. And I'm your other one tonight, Griffin Most. And we'll see you all next time. Have a good night, everyone. Yeah.